0: From Toronto, Canada, The
1: Conspiracy Show with Richard Seren. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, hang your cloak on a peg. Grab a stool and come gather round the fire. There are stories to be told and you are among friends. Uh, Will Power is on the other side of the glass, twisting the knobs and dials. Will is sort of become the Tommy Newsom. To Ian Robertson's Doc Severinsen. Where is uh, Ian uh, tonight, Will? Do we know? We uh, just a shrug on the other side of the glass. We don't know where Ian Robertson, the mystery man, is. But Will, we're glad to have you here. Doc Severinsen and Tommy Newsom. There's a a a reference lost on the younger generation. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, Albert Vinzel, of course, is uh, with us. My story producer, Albert is, uh, as always, running our HOA, our Hangout on Air. And incidentally, if you'd like to partake, watch this radio program live stream on YouTube. It's real simple. Just go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, at Richard Serrett, S-Y, because I love you, R-E-T-T, at Richard Serrett. Please follow and say hello. Uh, But anyway, if you go to the top or near the top of the feed, you'll see a tweet containing the capital letters HOA. And that 's a link, just click on it, and then you're in, and you're watching the radio program on YouTube. How cool is that uh, in uh, oh, Albert, get ready to play what's in the box. Let the people on the uh, the hangout oh, see there's our uh, i 've got a fancy new box it 's an old box, actually an old cigar box. Albert, my story producer, is studying or has been a student of remote viewing for many years. He fancies himself a young Ingo swan. So last week we started a little experiment, and we thought we'd kick off the show again tonight uh, with a segment called What's in the Box? And Albert will use his remote viewing skills, and we'll check in with uh, Albert a little bit later to see if he can uh, use his remote viewing skills to determine what's in the box. Let me just – Albert, are you feeling confident tonight?
2: Well, I'll give it a shot. It's the same procedure as every time, just – be still, relax, and internal board. If the shape takes form, then that's it.
1: And just, all, right. Just call it. all right. I'm going I'm to give you to the bottom of the hour. All right? So good luck with that. What's in the box? Uh, in just a few moments, we'll be joined by Morgan Reynolds, a former chief economist at the U.S. Department of Labor. He also served as the director of the Criminal Justice Center, and uh, he's a senior fellow or was a senior fellow at the National Center for Policy Analysis uh, down in Dallas, Texas. Uh, his website is nomoregames.net. And he's standing by uh, to share his in-depth knowledge on the boom-bust cycle, uh, phony recovery, central bank madness, money printing, wealth inequality, and other things. Um, all right. Please visit the website, strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca. And once there, you can go in a number of different directions, uh, there's a tab for my my television program, the Conspiracy Show. Uh, there's also a tab for this for this radio program, which is also called the Conspiracy Show, and uh, that's where you can find out all the info on past guests, book titles, websites, etc. And take a moment on the radio page uh, to join, become a member. It's quick, easy, and free. There's a blue member button. Just click on that. Follow the directions. And uh, once you're a member, that gains you access to member-only uh, areas. Uh, and there's also a live events page. So I encourage you to check out my uh, next live event, Take a Walk on the Dark Side, Rock and Roll Myths, Legends, and Curses, featuring rock historian R. Gary Patterson. And that's Saturday, October the 16th. Sorry, the 15th. Let me do that again. Saturday, October the 15th. That's at the J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium, special Skype appearances by Peggy Sue Of course, the Muse for Buddy Holly. A Bill Harry, lifelong friend of the Beatles and the publisher of the legendary Mercy Beat magazine. And a bass guitarist for 10 years after Leo Lyons. So Gary Patterson, live on stage, and then special Skype appearances by the aforementioned. Take a walk on the dark side, Saturday, October the 15th. Go to the live events page at strangeplanet.ca. Hope to see you there. Uh, Next week on the program, Stanton Friedman, the granddaddy of ufology. Stanton Friedman and his co-author Kathleen Martin uh, to talk about their brand new book, Fact, Fiction and UFOs. And Rosemary Ellen Guiley, our resident paranormal investigator, will also be along. That's next week on The Conspiracy Show. Uh, I I was mentioning earlier, you know, you wouldn't know it based upon the uh, current news cycle, particularly in the United States. All this ridiculous talk of uh, a fat-shaming, a former Miss Universe uh, p- a contestant, a winner. Uh, but for Americans, all the polls indicate the number one issue remains the economy. And uh, if we're in a recovery, as uh, a lot of the talking heads on Wall Street, a lot of the talking heads in the M- MSM maintain, uh, do you remember in the last presidential uh, de- uh, debate, um, the, uh, the moderator uh, was telling us that everything is great. Everything is great. But if this is a recovery, it is, by every measurable standard, the most sluggish recovery in living memory since the Great Depression. And I don't know too many people outside uh, Wall Street and the MSM who believe that uh, the United States is in a recovery, or even here in Canada, quite frankly. And it's not just grim in the United States. Everywhere, China, Japan, Europe has had a bad case of the slows. Mexico's economy has hit the skids. The U.K. Uh, post-Brexit economy is still is still trying to get up on its legs. Uh, in the United States, I guess the consumer is sort of keeping this merry-go-round spinning. And some doomsayers are predicting the, the bubble, I should say bubbles, because there are a number of credit and debt bubbles. They're maintaining they are bound to burst before the end of this year. Perhaps that will be the October surprise. How bad is it? Well, let's get Morgan Reynolds in here to explain. Morgan Reynolds is a professor emeritus, economics, Texas A&M University, College Station, Texas. He's a former chief economist at the U.S. Department of Labor. And also... Served as the director of the Criminal Justice Center and senior fellow at the National Center for Policy Analysis, headquartered in Dallas, Texas. He is the author or co-author of six books, including Public Expenditure, Taxes and the Distribution of Income, Power and Privilege, Labor Unions in America, Crime by Choice, and Economics of Labor. He's published over 50 articles in in, uh, and referred academic journals, including the American Economic Review, Journal of Political Economy, and Journal of Labor Research. He's authored or co-authored dozens of policy studies for organizations like the Joint Economic Committee, Committee of the United States Congress and the National Center for Policy Analysis. He's written dozens of op-eds for Newsweek, The Wall Street Journal, Investors Business Daily, Fortune, National Review, Dallas Morning News, Houston Chronicle, The Washington Times, LouRockwell.com, and other popular outlets. Morgan Reynolds, great to have you back on The Conspiracy Show. It's been too long. How are you?
0: Hey, very good. I'm I'm, uh, pleased to be back and uh, love your show.
1: So we're going to get into the economy here. And Morgan, I was saying that uh, a lot of the talking heads saying that the United States is in recovery. I'm guessing that you don't buy that either.
0: Oh, yeah. It's quite a distinction between what David Stockman, the brilliant David Stockman, calls... The bi-coastal elites, the, the uh, less than the upper one percent, versus flyover America. Right. I mean, the, the Donald Trump uh, phenom is explained by uh, the 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 whole downturn of uh, 07 through 09, and then the, uh, the the sluggish economy ever since.
1: Now, are okay. you there? Yes, Richard? we're here. A lot of yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. A lot of. Trump's success in the Rust Belt right now uh, I think is attributable to he's hammering away at the Clinton legacy, which is sort of wrapped up in part by the signing of the North American Free Trade Agreement. Uh, and Trump maintains he's not anti-free trade, but he's he just wants fair trade. How much of, of, of the economic uh, sort of the hollowing out of the Rust Belt can actually be attributed to free trade deals like NAFTA.
0: I'd say uh, very little. The, the the China price is very important.
1: Okay, the manipulation uh, of their currency, the, the
0: export of uh, a lot of capital to build plants in in China, etc., etc. But you know the main culprit here is the Federal Reserve, the central bank. Right. The whole. Uh, You know, the most important thing, uh, uh, if we go back in history a a bit further, was August 15, 1971, when the Republican president uh, at the time, Richard Nixon, cut the last link between the United States dollar and gold. Right, right. Basically because France said, hey, we got all this funny money, we'll take the gold, and uh, Nixon closed the gold window. Well, it took them a couple of decades, really, till Alan Greenspan got in charge of the Fed to learn how to really rock and roll. In other words, uh, make our money completely dishonest and uh, you know oceans of dollars. And uh, the the uh, the the link, uh, they, although it was a, not a true gold standard, of uh, prior to Nixon it was a, a, a still a constraint on uh the the federal reserve just going bonkers and what the fed what ben bernanke by the time we got to the 0708 crisis he uh, we had 200 plus years to get uh to a balance sheet the federal reserve balance sheet of 900 billion dollars and then we within um, a few years we went to 4.5 Uh, trillion. (laughs) In other words, that's just unimaginable absurdity type thing. And uh, here's the whole fallacy in uh, this Keynesian and monetarist uh, nonsense about uh, putting economic growth all in in the barrel of we've got to inflate, inflate, inflate. That is complete nonsense. Uh, Even Milton Friedman agreed that the optimal uh, amount of money, once it's money, is any amount. What is uh, damaging is great deflations in the amount of money or great inflations in the amount of money. So this, it's just completely disastrous. And uh, since I spent my career, my, most of my adult career at uh, Texas A&M University, and I'm proud of that, Uh, What we've got in charge, though, are are Ivy League economists, who uh, I think they can talk faster than I can think. But that doesn't make them any good as economists. Right, and they're in charge. They are, uh, you know, they are apparatchiks. Uh, They're they're, uh, like a central planning board. It's it's absolutely absurd how the mission creep has uh, vaulted into mission leap. They've done everything wrong. The interventionism uh, in, in the U.S. domestic economy is rather similar to the interventionist uh, mission creep of the U.S. overseas, where it's empire, 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 you know, dominance, dominance, dominance. And there's no legitimacy to either one. The, the idea that capitalism is always ready to uh, fall asleep or uh, fall over the cliff and it's got to be stimulated, stimulated, stimulated is, is absolute bunk. So, uh, and, you know, what, what's really kind of funny is that all these uh, quasi socialist and interventionists kind of concede that the only real true mechanism to uh, increase or grow output is... Savings, investment, uh, entrepreneurs, scientists, and engineers to make you know raise productivity and output and in, uh, increase the standard of living. All right, Morgan,
1: time. I got to jump in here. We're going to take a timeout. We'll come back, Morgan Reynolds, as we discuss boom and bust cycles and the manipulation of the Federal Reserve and the possibility we're heading for a catastrophic collapse economically speaking. Back with more of the Conspiracy Show. Stay with us.
3: Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is
1: The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Stay tuned at the bottom of the hour. Our resident remote viewer, Albert Vinzel, will attempt to determine what's in the box. Right now, Morgan Reynolds stays with us. Uh, the um, a professor of uh, economics emeritus at Texas A&M University, also was the former chief economist at the U.S. Department of Labor, and we're talking about boom and bust cycles and um, the Federal Reserve and its uh, manipulation uh, of the currency and of the of, of markets. Um, interesting. He mentioned uh, Nixon closing the gold window back in 1971, and you know, there's an old saying that eventually all paper money reverts, or fiat currency reverts back to its intrinsic value, which is Exactly zero. Uh, and since 1971, I think the U.S. dollar has lost, about, what is it, uh, Morgan, about 97% of its uh, purchasing power?
0: Well, that's since 1913. Ah, 13, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, the Fed, you know, they, in the uh, Christmas Eve, they sent the bill to Woodrow Wilson to, because uh, a, a European-style central bank wasn't popular, so they kind of snuck it by the public. Right and uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. The Fed. It, uh, the irony of this is, is that the Fed was uh, allegedly created to uh, control inflation, to uh, you know halt inflation. The, the inherent tendency of banks, you know, to overdo it and extending credit was going to be controlled by the Fed, which is absurd. <laughs> right,
1: right. And, <laughs> so you, and you since see, the inception by of the, the
0: empirical facts there, and yeah. since
1: the inception of the Fed in 1913, how many? How many crashes have we had?
0: Oh, man, yeah. Uh, I, 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 uh, well, it would be near 20, I would imagine. In other words, it's kind of every four years, five years, certainly. Right. Yeah, there'd that, that, be a couple dozen. Now, it's interesting. And, and uh, of course, uh, a few of them have been whoppers. <clears throat> the most uh, notable was the Great Depression of the 1930s. And uh, you can always point to multiple causes. For example, the uh, the, the trade uh, barrier wars. Speaking of protectionism, where I'm, I'm not in harmony with uh, the Donald on that. Uh, and and you know he he I, I kind of support uh, the Donald Trump's campaign partly because he's a New Yorker and he's really funny. Although he really was. <laughs> That's not quite a campaign. reason to vote for him, Morgan. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's hardly a
1: reason to vote for him. He's funny and he's uh, from New York.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like pol- political theater, and this this year's presidential contest is quite entertaining. But here's the real reason I would uh, I'm probably going to vote for him, and that is Hillary. I I I, I would describe as uh, pure evil, and in particular, I'm worried about a nuclear war. Because she scoffs at Putin, you know, they've been, uh, since the fall of the Soviet Union, treated like just a third world country. And, hey, they're for serious, uh, you know, this is, you don't toy around with this. And uh, you know, extend NATO right to the border of Russia, et cetera. That's right. So the well, Donald says, "Hey, I can. You know, you can deal with uh, Putin, et cetera. Well, this so is interesting. Is less of a, of a war risk than Hillary. Absolutely.
1: This, you know, and this is lost on a lot of the millennials that uh, you know want that. That Hillary says are living in their parents' basement. The millennials that that were supporting Bernie, they need to understand that when it comes to foreign policy, and it, when, it, when it comes to trade. They have uh, Bernie has more in common than Donald than Hillary does. Uh, but the other thing, as you mentioned, with foreign policy, and that we weren't, you know, necessarily going to spend a lot of time on this. But as you mentioned, the constant poking of the bear. And after uh, after Gorbachev stepped down and the, the collapse of the Soviet Union, there was an agreement between the United States and uh, the Soviet Union that NATO would not encroach one millimeter. Towards it
0: should have been disbanded. Its purpose was gone.
3: Right. So and they, so, uh,
0: you know, the the Poppy Bush uh, pretty much agreed to it. You know, you disband uh, Warsaw, and will Although I don't think it was put quite in, in that black or white terms, but and and you know, the Donald uh, was disappointing to me, and, and uh, he he bungled the, the debate to a certain extent. Although I don't know how many minds were changed, but uh, he he's. You know, just saying, oh, you know, NATO needs to be more efficient and turn to terrorism and other people need to pay their fair share and all this. He had at one point talked about it being obsolete.
3: Right,
1: right. And here's the other thing. And we talk about uh, Clinton really being the, the representative of the war party, which is both the Republicans and the Democrats. And and yes. it comes down to this. Are we really prepared to go to war with Russia over some puny Baltic nation, like if they decide to roll the tanks into Estonia? Are we going to launch third, th- World War Three over that? Because that's what the NATO agreement says.
0: You know, the, uh, there's a book, I've got to tell you about this, uh, while we're on foreign policy, which uh, libertarians and uh, free market-minded people uh, need to pay attention to first, because uh, war is the biggest project of, this, of big government, and you, you've you've it's basically the Yankee problem, as a, a Southern historian put it. That's the title of his book uh, by the name of Clyde Wilson. And as he says, hey, you know, this goes back to the uh, kind of the, the the Puritans and the New Englanders who were a problem. It wasn't uh, so much a Southern problem. And Hillary uh, Rodham Rotten. Clinton is an embodiment of this. Even though she was a northern Methodist raised in Chicago, she's a museum quality specimen of the Yankee, which means you're self righteous, ruthless, and self aggrandizing. Here's a quote, I gotta give you this, where, um, who was it? Daniel Webster back in the day wrote in his diary, he's a New Englander, of course, oh, New England how superior are thy inhabitants in morals, literature, Civility and
3: industry—just <laughs> dripping, a dripping with condescension.
0: Yankee, yes. you know that they won't allow the rest of the world to be independent, and of course, their project is failing miserably. And that's part part of what uh, is disturbing flyover America.
1: Right. Yeah. And this is why she can't run on her record, and why you know nobody gets down in the gutter like the Clintons. And uh, she—and if she's going to wallow there, and she's going to drag Donald down there then if he's not going to talk about the issues, she's certainly not going to talk about them because she, she can't run on her record. However, let's get back to the Fed. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the purpose, is, as you mentioned, uh, ostensibly, was to prevent these boom and bust cycles and to kind of even things out, which it has failed miserably to do. So talk to me about uh, the distortion in the market as a result of all of this. The, first we had this quantitative easing, and now we have uh, you know, negative interest rates, which is basically flooding... Uh, the market with free money uh, so there's no real recovery we just have you know we have companies buying back their own stock uh, but not really producing anything. Is, is, well, am I understanding they're it correctly? are
0: mining corporate balance sheets Richard so it's even worse. Uh, in other words net business investment isn't anywhere like a recovery and if you don't have the net in, uh, business investment in uh, the, the, t- the new technology, the new capital equipment, guess what? Your productivity, your output per hour of labor isn't going to go up like it once did. And that's what we've got is, is a, a zero uh, productivity growth economy right now.
1: But, but so, it's not, it's not there, just the United States. I mean, this is a worldwide problem. China is in the same boat. Japan. Uh, I mean, how, how big – I've heard these, these bubbles. We're talking about these uh, bubbles being in the quadrillions of dollars.
0: Well, that that's when they, uh, you know, a lot of that's notional uh, derivatives and uh, all these um, financial exotic instruments, and a lot of those are uh, net out to zero. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put any stock too much in that. But you know, the real problem here's the part of the uh, culprit, and that is we have hit peak debt. You know, you hear all the stuff about peak oil, you don't hear about that anymore because oil's uh, going for U.S. for $45 a barrel and probably is going to hit 35 again. So peak debt, though, is, is a big thing. You know, it's grown, you know, trillions. We count these debts uh, in trillions and as multiples of income. And, uh, you know, the households here in the U.S., you talked about uh, consumption spending. Well, consumption, you know, in, in the... Um, Late 90s, 90s uh, into the early 2000s, people were doing the mortgage equity
3: withdrawal thing. Right, right.
0: Well, so you can outspend your income, your, your income, your disposal, kind of sustainable, uh, disposable income. Well, but that's uh, what uh, David Stockman would call a one-time parlor trick because uh, that keynesian stuff you know uh, stimulating it by increasing debt you run out of room to increase debt any further and then you got to uh, do what uh, we might call uh, says law you got to uh, aggregate demand equals aggregate supply you know and and supply or production has to precede consumption
3: right right you know right
0: Consumption only precedes production in the uh, dictionary, the alphabet. It's,
3: it's <laughs> That's, just, right. That's you know, right.
0: Production is the source of wealth, not consumption. Exactly. I mean, I hate to sound like uh, Econ 101, but we're, we're being run. Government policy, and the, the Fed in particular, is being run on an upside-down theory. Now, let's take a look. You mentioned interest rates and you know going negative on government bonds government debt because the the fed is owns you know about half of it now and uh, more in some of these japan it's 100% in fact they 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 have oh we got to buy um uh the stock of of uh, that's being traded on the exchange well that's socialism folks out and well, out. Well, the, the Bank of Japan owns the industry. The Bank you know, of Japan, the yeah, product.
1: they own—I don't know what the latest figure is—something like forty percent of the uh, the top, like basically Japan's version of the of the, the you know the, the New York Stock Exchange, or uh, they own you know almost a majority yeah. of the companies now.
0: Some huge share of uh, Japanese companies. Now, now I want to go back to the interest rate, though, because that hits on a very important point. There's no problem. With the interest rate being deter- determined by a free market, you got uh, billions of suppliers of credit, and especially in the form of real savings, people abstaining from current consumption to save, and then you got uh, uh, lots of uh, borrowers, and the interest rate should be determined in the market. Now, when you when you mess with it and falsify the interest rate by holding it artificially low you're tampering with the time preference of of people. I know this is this gets into a little uh deeper um theory, but the most important part, the most important price in the economy and it's it permeates everything is the uh the rate of interest, okay? And they're they're distorting it's uh they're killing price discovery. They're uh, messing with the allocation of investments they're, they're killing savers. I'm one of them because I'm a retiree. OK, I mean, they're stripping uh, retirees of, of income like 400 billion a year in, in the U.S. if we'd have normalized interest rates. OK, you can't earn anything, basically. Right. Oh, and, right. You know, the 10 year government bond is like 1.4 percent, that kind of thing. So uh, the the point is you're distorting prices. Now here's why the guys on Wall Street, the speculators and punters and the you know the front runners, the, the 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 uh the cool guys, they really uh they go for this big time because they get free carry, you know, they they get the they get the first divs on the money. It's not Richard and Morgan who get uh the money from uh you know bailouts or uh the the Fed uh, bu- uh, creation, created money. You know, somebody gets that first round.
3: Right, right. And
0: then who gets it toward the end is, is the lower class, the blue collars, the deplorables.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, <laughs> right.
0: You know, this Hillary, I think she should uh, not have access to any deplorables when, when her she gets a flat tire or uh, her air conditioning breaks down or anything else, you know, that the deplorables who make this uh, economy run. One time, I can tell you, I've I motorcycled three t- different times in Mexico and I'm, I got a flat tire on my Goldwing and my lovely wife is along. We had to wait four days to get a tire. They don't like, they couldn't find a tire big enough, you know, a 180 rear and I had to get it from El Paso, Texas. <laughs> and then they botched the job. And by the time you know, I'm willing to knock the uh, America as uh, well as the next guy, and based on reality. But then, when I got across the border in Texas, I was about ready to kiss the ground because
3: <laughs> you can right.
0: still get stuff done here. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's right. Morgan Reynolds is uh, with us, and uh, he is a professor emeritus of economics at uh, Texas A and M University, and a former chief economist at the U.S. Department of Labor. Uh, we'll come back uh, and continue to talk about the uh, the Fed boom and bust cycles, the creation of a permanent underclass. Uh, Hillary's talking about tax increases and Donald's talking about massive uh, tax cuts, but you know nobody's paying taxes period anymore. It seems like there's a creation of a permanent underclass, and uh, I think the uh, the establishment wants it to be just like that precisely, The creation of a permanent underclass. More and more people dependent on some sort of uh, a check from the government. We'll uh, delve into that as well. NoMoreGames.net is the website. Morgan Reynolds stays with us right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Morgan Reynolds stays with us. NoMoreGames.net is the website. Uh, Former chief economist at the U.S. Department of Labor and a um, professor emeritus of economics at Texas A&M University. I wanted to talk to you about the creation of a a, a permanent underclass, which I think is is by design. And um, I think it was – well, it's been over 50 years since LBJ's Great Society. I think that was 1964 – and and since that time I read recently since 1964 the United States government has spent 22 trillion dollars 22 trillion dollars in its war on poverty and after all is said and done Morgan I mean has it has it changed anything other than you know created as I say a permanent underclass Well she's
0: just to be fair about it, uh, if you if you look at the poverty statistics and uh, they on the order of uh, 15% have been counted uh, as as below the poverty line uh, with some up and down with the business cycle. but there's no progress and uh, if you if you look more carefully, it, it's worse than it ever was because so much of the income down there is, Transfer payments, and and now of course this this problem is exploding. Uh, there, fifty percent uh, of Americans are, are are on some kind of transfer payment, including me, <laughs> because I'm on Social Security. Okay,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, of course you can argue, oh well, I paid a lot of taxes there when I was working, and so on, and so forth. But the point is, this uh, there, there now there's ten thousand people per day. Going on U.S. Social Security because uh, the, the, the the leading edge of the um, baby boom generation is is retiring, and uh, you know the, the Donald talks about cutting taxes, which has been the Republican formula, and supposedly you can do this forever, based on the argument that Dick Cheney puts up, and namely that deficits don't matter. Yeah, they don't matter until they do. You know, when, when you've run out of borrowing room and, you know, the, the, the central bank won't be there, I predict, to bail you out again and again and again because the central bank won't have any credibility. It'll probably, uh, go the way of the dodo bird and 99% of the other species that ever occupied the, the planet. So the, the point is that, uh, governments really do, not just uh, figuratively, but literally go bankrupt. In other words, there's a gigantic collapse. Now, I'm not saying this happens in 10 years, but it'll happen certainly within a century. You can't, and there's no fiscal rectitude anymore as there once was in the Republicans, right? Because of this, oh, we're getting away with We're getting away with it. We're getting away with it. We can get away with it forever. No, you won't.
1: Well, The doomsayers are saying, you know, and we keep hearing this year in and year out, it's going to happen this year, a stock market. I mean, are you seeing any indicators that a crash might be imminent like we had in 2007?
0: Oh, yeah. There are are a lot of uh, such indicators. Hey, you know, one of them was that Hanjin uh, Cargo, um, the biggest cargo uh, transport company in the world, you know, in South Korea. Right. They're, they're bankrupt uh, partly because these the, these cargos aren't there anymore. International trade is uh, nose diving. Okay, just I mean there's a lot of straws in the wind. Um, you know the the biggest really is that corporate earnings. You know the S and P five hundred right. keep on shrinking, and the uh, the value of these companies in the uh, stock market is as high as ever. Right, it's basically. 25 times earnings. Okay, you know the price earnings ratio. Right. There's no 25 value. 25 times. So that means that you're really optimistic about how rapid these corporate earnings are going to, and they're shrinking. So the the, the we're at absurd all time uh, levels. If you do it honestly. Now, of course, they they you know they they uh, lie about their earnings because it's. And, you know, the banks get to mark to malarkey, I call it, instead of marking their assets to a market uh, value. On and on. So, uh, you know, one of my friends said to me, uh, hey, without honest money, there's no honest accounting either. Right. Uh, <laughs> there's a, a little truth there.
1: Uh, absolutely. More than a little. Uh, Donald raised the um, the specter of the Fed during the, uh, the debate, and I don't think since Rand Paul... Uh, not Rand Paul, but his father, uh, Ron, Ron Paul. Paul. Ron Paul mentioned the Fed during his uh, uh, campaign. Yes. Has anyone really, you know, talked about the politicization of the of the Federal Reserve and and why how it's doing such oh, a that, lousy uh, job? Yeah, that,
0: that that was stirred up lately. And of course, the school marm Janet Yellen was testifying before a congressional committee and. Of course, uh, just oh, we never talk politics when we're setting policy.
3: Right, right. But I mean, you that's don't the...
0: have to talk about it because hey, the minutes or some kind of summation comes out a few weeks later. Right, we can talk about it in the corridors or whatever. But but
1: when I mean talking about the Fed uh, and and uh, or you know prior to the Fed uh central banks or or um you know fiat money that kind of talk can can get a uh, a person killed i mean do you, is there? i mean he is such a disruptor do you think god for fan. Oh, i'm not oh wishing... you're
0: talking about the donald huh? yeah
1: i'm just wondering i'm not i'm not wishing ill on anyone god for fen but i'm just saying that kind of talk is dangerous when you start when you start talking oh, about the fed that way
0: i agree i agree yeah yeah the uh the The one that would be assassinated would be Donald Trump, especially if he made a couple moves like John F. Kennedy did
3: mm-hmm. right
0: where you know he made a lot of enemies and he came in on a on a thin um, uh, vote and uh, but he would have won a reelection overwhelmingly had he lived. But yes, um, you know the part of the problem is the secret service, so i'm I think this is a real concern.
1: All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk about, let, let's pick up on that point when we come back, uh, Morgan, cuz I think I know where you're going with that. The secret surface and the relationship to the the treasury and so forth. Uh, back with more of my conversation with Professor of Economics Emeritus at Texas A&M, Morgan Reynolds, right here on the Conspiracy Show. Oh, and what's in the box? Coming up.
3: Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can
1: tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarah All right, welcome back. Morgan Reynolds is with us, and uh, we were going to uh, do the big reveal, what's in the box, but my remote viewer, uh, story producer, Albert, has fled the studio. <laughs> He'll be back. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. Now, Morgan Reynolds, uh, Professor Emeritus Economics, Texas A&M University, and uh, the website is nomoregames.net. Um, I want to. Oh, we were talking about the Secret Service, and you, you were saying that that uh, and the possibility that something untowards may happen to uh, to Trump. And um, I was trying to figure out where you were going there because I know the Secret Service at one time, when it was formed, was sort of a branch of the U.S. Treasury, but that's no longer the case, right?
0: Right. They, they moved them to Homeland Security, the gigantic uh, bureaucratic mess. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, I wanted to point out that uh, there's something way wrong with the Secret Service as we know because of 9/11 in 2001, September 11. Even after the second hit of the World Trade Center tower, the the uh, Secret Service did not spirit the president away from his schedule.
3: Right. Okay.
0: Right. Completely contrary to uh, Secret Service practice. Absolutely. Okay. To, a day or two later. I'm talking with there was a, another person present plus Elaine Chao, the Secretary of Labor, and she's describing her morning. There's two Secret Service agents uh, trailing her around all the time, even though she's just a cabinet member. rate, anyway, she says, you know, they just about picked me up, uh, to, uh, spirited me away to an undisclosed location. Boom. Right. Now you tell me. That the president and the Secret Service and that that, that this is uh, oh this is a dead giveaway.
1: Right, an act and of war, an act of, them, of war, right? an act of war has just been committed, and the president uh, is right? on is on live television at, in a in a Florida classroom, in a kindergarten class on live TV, a sitting duck, a sitting duck. Yeah, they're telegraphing that, his location, and I mean, as you say, the Secret
0: so many Service. There's so wrong with this, mm. but uh, you know, the Donald, uh, you have to know who's. Uh, running the Secret Service. This was a complete. Uh, co- uh, this is outrageous mm. and a dead giveaway. Something that's way wrong among all kinds of things. Way wrong about nine eleven.
1: Absolutely. Mm. Um, I, I, are you a fan of uh, John Williams and Shadow Stats?
0: Well, no, I don't buy into uh, some of the you know the I'd say exaggerated uh, measures of inflation or uh, to some extent unemployment.
1: But you don't yeah. believe that the unemployment rate is is around five percent, do you?
0: Right now, now let me. I can actually. I worked with the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Now I don't know what how good they are now, but I was uh, when I was there in oh one oh two. I was impressed with their professionalism. Okay, even though uh, the the, the Bush Cheney regime put in their own person. That who wasn't as good as the preceding uh, one, you know, as the head of the uh, BLS. But in any case, you can criticize some of their outmoded uh, procedures about how expensive they are to run, etc. Back then, now today, it, it's probably more corrupt. The, the the kind of the most outrageous thing that happened recently was they said median family income went up in real terms 5.2% this year. Well, 2015.
3: Right, now right. that's
0: you know, and yeah, uh, some of my good guys have taken that apart and exposed what what a, a lie that is. So, you know, I'm I'm here and there. Uh, you got to look at uh, all these individual cases, but you know, the the labor force participation rate right. continues to shrink.
3: Right, you've That's got ninety seven
0: uh, giveaway that there aren't any uh, the, this abundance of good jobs.
1: Yeah, ninety seven is it ninety seven million Americans are not working.
0: Yeah, that are prime age, like 18, what is it, 18 through 54 right. years old.
1: 97 million. Think about that. That's a third of the country. All
0: yeah, right. the adult population is what, uh, like 240, something like that, 240 right. million.
1: Right. Yeah, it's it's alarming. Um, anyway, I, I, I want to ask you then... How do we get out from under the I mean, is, is there any way out other than just there's going to be a, you know, a, a deflationary collapse. That's the only way to get out from under this debt. Uh, where do you see this, how do you see it playing out?
0: Well, I, I don't think true reform can come until there is a, a, a real collapse and all these people are, and their ideas are discredited. And then maybe we have an opportunity to do the right thing now that that would mean all this interventionism has to start to be repealed now here uh that means overseas and domestically they're killing us both domestically and overseas okay and you 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 think it's really a a kind of an elitist plot i i I don't know if i buy that but uh, there's a lot of error built into this thing but what you need to do is Stop inflating money. Get rid of the... Well, you know, it's kind of the Ron Paul agenda. Right. There, in other and words, that's how you need to do it, but you, you we're not going to have enough political traction to get there until uh, people learn by immiseration.
1: Right. And get back to real money. Would that real money include...
0: Right. Real money. Right. Honest money. Right. It's... It, it's so obvious how important money and interest rates and credit policy are, and you're just feeding um, bad people with bad money, and it's just monstrous. How it's you know we here's what I would say. What's really maddening to me is if I think back to when I was a student, undergraduate and graduate, and you learn uh, good economics. I mean, economics is a science, it's, an, it's not a physical science, it's a social science, but we've got, it's the most advanced. There's a lot of uh, great knowledge that about the fundamentals here. That's what's maddening. And we could be doing things right. We did it kind of right for much of uh, U.S. history, but now it's wholly in the tank. It's all 180 degrees from sound policy. And do you think before
1: uh, this ends that the the Fed and uh, you know the the European Central Bank they're all going to kick the money presses into high gear one more time one last effort to try and you know push the push the string?
0: You know I'm wondering if it isn't a bit like uh, Obama was going to invade Syria because the the sarin gas and all that. Well, wait a minute, we don't even know who's who's responsible, right? You know, what it turns out, we pretty much agreed that it seems like the facts are that the Assad government didn't do it. Well, we got the same thing here, you know, I mean, on, on, on economics. The, uh, it, it may be that one more collapse, one more bubble bursting and bubbles inherently have to burst and this one, a uh, financial bubble, has to.
1: Except and now we makes, have more than one. one. We've, We've got five or six. A
0: uh, little Tea Party garden Right. Uh, then the Fed is going to go, they're going to have egg all over their face. And maybe some of these gutless characters in the Congress, the United States Congress, where they don't even pr- protect their power against the executive branch. Uh, or, hey, when I was in Washington on the uh, Joint Economic Committee, Dick Armey, who was a, a, a leading Republican in the House from North Texas, he had to, He was going to go meet with Alan Greenspan, you know, the great maestro. Right. I called him Mr. Magoo, though, because, hey, we, we got a resemblance in more ways than one. But
1: isn't it funny, uh, after he, he left office, he becomes...
0: He's a Ph.D. economist. He used to be a professor of economics at, at mm-hmm. the University of North Texas, and he was very worried about going to meet Greenspan. If I were in his shoes, <laughs> which uh, it will never be, I'll run for office, but I would be calling him on the carpet right. and taking him to task intellectually.
1: Yes. Isn't it interesting and When Green Greenspan
0: wants- is, is uh, you know, just he's responsible for a lot of – we uh, before him we had Paul Volcker, which amazingly enough stopped a, a great inflation, double-digit interest rates and the like. And certainly helped Ronald Reagan uh, to have a partly undeserved reputation for uh, the great Reagan recovery. Yeah Volker uh, administered some tough age. medicine,
1: but it worked. It was tough medicine from Volker, but it worked. and it yeah. isn't interesting once Greenspan got out of uh, that position at the Fed, all of a sudden he becomes bullish on gold. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> yeah yeah well, he was a gold bug you know that, that uh, 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 term of infamy. Because it's just basically, you know, uh, it's honest money. It's the choice of the people. They want honest money because they know they're, in effect, they they intuit, at least, that they're being ripped off otherwise. And it's just, here I go again, maddening, maddening.
3: Right.
1: So... You, we can't put a timeline on when the when the crash is going to happen, but, I mean, all the pieces are there. Uh We didn't learn any lessons from 2007, and now instead of just a subprime loan bubble, we've got six or seven bubbles. We've got credit card bubbles. We've got student loan bubbles. We've got
0: – Right, uh, right. Student loans are uh, – they're a wide default. It's $1.3 trillion dollars. And growing rapidly, auto loans are the subprime is up to thirty uh, percent now, and uh, you're going to get this great wave of used cars coming off lease, etc. I mean, they're they're feeding, uh, they're 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 eating into uh, future sales right now. You know, yeah, they're, they're, it's
1: a perfect storm. It's a perfect storm, and we learn nothing from two thousand and seven. So, who's ever uh, sitting in the Oval and Office? And then you
0: know, okay, yeah. if Hillary's in the, in the uh, White House. What's she going to do? She'll say, "I'll, t- I take full responsibility." What the heck is that? <laughs> a That's a worthless statement. That's right. You're That's not right. resigning, or nobody else is resigning. You sound like the 9/11 Commission. It wasn't our purpose to find blame. Yeah, you didn't. Right.
1: Right. Well, just like uh, with her statement on Iraq. Well well, 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 we'll learn from our mistakes next time. Yeah, as if.
0: <laughs> As what if, in Libya? Right. Ghazi? Right. Come and then, on. They have uh, look at you know Richard. The U.S. government has uh, the reason they can't win a war, quote unquote. No matter who with whom they started, is they they have no legitimacy. You they what they've forgotten about goodwill. And, uh, you know, what is real power or influence they with keep other pick, Yeah, they keep
1: picking the wrong side. They're on the wrong side. They uh,
0: are. They, uh, Morgan, I we... I mean, they, they, they've taken, you know, Mao Zedong's uh, comment about political uh, power comes out of the mouth of a gun, barrel of a gun. I mean, it's just, that's, it's just naive.
1: Morgan, we're going to have to have you on again. Uh, we'll do it in November next month. Are you good for that? So much to talk about. I would about. be delighted. All right. Morgan Reynolds, no more games dot net. Always a pleasure, Morgan. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Richard. All right.
1: Bye bye. All right. Uh, before we get to the top of the hour, Albert, my remote viewing friend, I was trying to, uh, I was trying to get a hold of you, but you dashed out of, I know you're busy, but, uh, right. okay. So turn the camera around. Let people on the, uh, the live stream see our fancy cigar box and Albert, our remote viewer, What's in the box, Albert?
2: Okay, the whole thing may just be AOL guessing, but uh, just read it. I know it works for sure once you're in the zone, but here's what I got. NHL, hockey puck, black sports, shape, heart, triangle, color, yellow submarine, playing playing card, uh, moth, something that flies, yellow, triangle, rocket.
1: Okay, well, there's a number of guesses there. But if you had to narrow it down to one, what are you going to go with?
2: I, I, give, me I felt, color, give me a color. Give me a... I felt good about yellow. Okay. All right. And a shape triangle. So yellow, black.
1: All right. Open up the box, Albert. Let's see what's in there. Should be in the front. There you go. What do we have? Pull it out. Put it up on the counter. Let people see it. There you go. It's a child's uh, toy. It's a wooden milk truck. Well, you had the yellow part kind of right. All right. right. (laughs) Next week, we'll try again. Good job, Albert. Thank you. It's tough. A lot of pressure on you. (laughs) There are literally dozens of people watching. (laughs) All right, we will be back. Uh, As always, get on up to the website, strangeplanet.ca, say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett, and follow the truth.